Hello and welcome, Mercy Church family, to our basic devotional. In this first part of this series, we are drawing closer, getting to know God the Father. We are so glad you could join us for this week number four masterpiece. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Psalm one thirty nine fourteen. When we decide to make Jesus the Lord of our lives, we are made children of God and become part of the family. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Matthew twelve, forty-six through 50. God does not begin His awareness of us when we accept salvation. We don't just pop into existence for Him when we say the right words. God has known us from the beginning of time. God is eternal, which means He has always existed and will continue to exist forever. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Revelations 1.8 Not only has God been around forever, He knows all things. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and He knows everything. 1 John 3.20 God knew and planned for us from the very beginning of the world. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every single moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Psalm 139, 13 and 14 God placed us in our appointed times and locations. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands and territories. Acts 17.26 He knows everything that has happened and will happen forevermore, including everything about us. God designed each of us individually in his image. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Like Adam was fashioned out of the dust of the earth, God handcrafted each of us. Yet, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are potter, and we all are the work of your hand. Isaiah 64, 8. God was acquainted with us before we were born. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Jeremiah 1, 5. We consist of three parts, body, spirit, soul. Our physical bodies are shaped by God, first out of the dirt in the ground, now in our mother's womb. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Psalm 139, 13 through 15. God breathes his spirit into us to bring us to life. Upon our deaths, our bodies return to the earth and our spirits return to Father because it is his spirit on loan to us. Earnestly remember your creator before the silver cord of life is broken or the golden bowl is crushed, or the pitcher at the fountain is shattered, and the wheel at the cistern is crushed, then the dust out of which God made man's body will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Ecclesiastes 12, 6 and 7. 
It is also through his spirit that we become born again. Jesus explains, Jesus answered him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Jesus answered, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. The physical is merely physical. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised that I have told you, you must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. John 3, 3 through 7. Besides our body and soul, our soul is the essence of who we are. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Psalm 103, 1. Thanks to the layer of sin that rests upon the world, our physical bodies will die. Our spirits will return back to God, and it is up to us to decide where our souls go. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Matthew sixteen twenty six. Our soul is our most precious possession. We form the illusion that we have liberties to our own souls. In reality, God created our souls, so we are His. We are merely keepers of our souls. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. Ezekiel 18.4 Along with our bodies and spirits, our souls are also tainted by sin. Sin means death for all mankind in body, soul, and spirit. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Matthew ten twenty eight. Death was never meant for us. God created us perfect in His image. We chose it for ourselves. It came into the world with the first sin. Romans five twelve. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is seen is temporary, since what is unseen is eternal. 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18 If we have received salvation, we become born again in spirit, and our souls have been washed clean and saved from death. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Psalm 23, 3. God creates each of us as a work of art. We are valuable masterpieces designed by God in His perfect image. The name masterpiece is not to be given lightly. A masterpiece is a brilliant piece of art designed by a genius, handmade and unique. Like a snowflake, not one of us throughout all eternity resembles another. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Ephesians 2.10 God has been preparing for us before the start of pretty much everything. He planned you special. He created your personality, your gifts, and your talents, then planted them within you. He placed you in the perfect environment where you could grow and prosper. Oh Lord, you've examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel. And when I rest at home, you know everything I do. 
You know what I'm going to say. Even before I say it, Lord, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Psalm 139, 1 through 12. God knows everything about us down to the numbers of hairs that rest upon our heads. He understands more about us than we do ourselves. His knowledge is infinite. There is nothing that we can do or say or think that he doesn't witness. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Matthew ten twenty nine through 31 God is all-knowing, eternal, and wise. He knows everything that has happened and will happen and can put the best situations together for you. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. God loves his children and wants the best for us. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. James 1.17 God orchestrates the good in our lives, and we know that God causes everything to work for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Romans 8.28 Because of our actions, our spirits and souls live in a house decaying under the law of sin and death. We are born in the image of God, flawless, perfect, complete, but sin taints our body. Our physical bodies begin to age and die under the weight of sin. Even though we become born again in spirit, our bodies are still subject to the law of sin and death. Our bodies will die. However, our souls and spirits will live forever with God. As long as we walk upon this earth or until Jesus returns for us, our spirits and souls are housed in limited physical shells, decaying under the punishment of the law. These deteriorating houses with their broken shutters and leaky roofs are not our true identity. God never intended the struggle for us. God wants only good things for his children. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John 10.10 10. God warned us what would happen if we were to eat of the tree. We refused to listen and brought the ramifications upon ourselves. He sent his son Jesus to save us from punishment, but our corporal selves still die. Our true identity is found in our spirits and souls that as his children now rest safe in the arms of God. We only inhabit this vessel for a brief moment in time. This decaying house falling apart around us is not who God created us to be. You do not look anything like your outside. You are not defined by the broken body you inhabit. God does promise to one day give us new bodies. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Philippians three twenty through 21 When God talks about knowing you, 
He is not referring to your physical form. He is talking about knowing the essence of who you are, your soul. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. When God talks about knowing you, he is not referring to your physical form. He is talking about knowing the essence of who you are, your soul. God knows your true self, the person he created in his image in the beginning. He formed you. You are not defined by the temporal situation you are in. Your physical body limits you. God knows you, the person you are and will be forever. For those whom he foreknew and loved and chose beforehand, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and ultimately share in his complete sanctification so that he would be the firstborn, the most beloved and honored among many believers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified, declared free of the guilt of sin. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity. Romans eight twenty nine through 30. Let's simplify this dense passage. For just means before. God foreknew us. He knew us individually before. He has known us since the beginning of the world. God wishes that no one should perish. 2 Peter 2, 9. And God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for all mankind. Anyone who believes in him can be his child. So God foreknew all people. For God shows no partiality, no arbitrary favoritism. With him, one person is not more important than another. Romans 2, 11. He created each of us unique. With our own gifts, talents, and personalities, he predestined us. He put us in the right place at the right time with the right skills for the best opportunity for success. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Psalm 37, 23. God is good. He wants good things for his children. God directs our steps and causes the good things that happen in our lives. He sets destiny in motion. He prepared for us long ago. Let's look at it another way. The weatherman knows in advance when a snowstorm is coming, so he prepares for the storm. By wearing a coat and buying salt for the driveway and getting groceries, he foreknew about the snow, and so he predestines his safety through the storm. The weatherman does not create the snowstorm. God knows us in advance. He knows the things that will happen to us. So he sets destiny in motion to help us throughout our lives, but he never makes us follow it. Chance and I first moved to Colorado in 2004 for his very first pastor job. The boys were one and one month at the time. We moved to a small town 30 minutes away from the local grocery store. As with most moves, our cupboards were bare. So I decided to get the littles out for their first excursion together. The trip spanned several hours with two little ones in the basket, having to stop and feed one, take the other to the potty, and the long drive. I was spent halfway through and on the verge of tears way before the shopping was complete. At checkout, I pulled out my new checkbook. Moving across states, we had to change everything, our banks, insurance, utilities. To my dismay, my new check from our new bank account we had set up and placed cash in just the day before was rejected. The cashier was kind, telling me the front desk would hold my groceries until I could go back, pull out the cash. This meant I would have to drive 30 minutes to the bank back in my small town, get the money, and drive another 30 minutes back. As the tears began to well up, but not yet overflow, I pushed my groceries to the front desk for them to hold. 
On my way there, a woman walked through the doors of the store and intercepted me. Mind you, she didn't know me and had not witnessed the situation at hand. A woman on a mission, she approached me straight away upon entering the store without hesitation. She said that God told her she was supposed to pay for my groceries. She did. My tears really began to flow then. God knows you. He knows everything about you and more. God knew that I would be at that grocery store on that date in that year at that time. He knew that my check would be declined and I would be at my wit's end. He even cares about the little things. I am his child. He saw me struggling. He predestined her steps and mine to meet at a single moment in time. God goes a step further and calls us. But now this is what the Lord, your creator says, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you from captivity. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers. They will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt to the Babylonians as your ransom, Cush ancient Ethiopia, and Seba, its province, in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my sight, you are honored, and I love you. I will give other men in return for you and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, where they are scattered, and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, don't hold them back. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. Isaiah 43, 1-7 God does not just put a general call out for all people. He specifically asked for you. He called you by name. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Romans eleven twenty nine. Let's make this easy. I decide to have a party. I invite Brenda. I know Brenda will come to the party. She wouldn't miss it. I plan to ask Brenda to make a toast. At the party, I call Brenda up front to make a toast, and she comes up and makes it. I foreknew that Brenda was going to be at the party. I prepared and planned ahead to ask her to make a toast. I called Brenda up to make a toast. Brenda answers the call and makes the toast. The call is where our free will comes into play. We are created by God in his image. He knew us before the beginning of the world. He prepares a destiny for each of us. He knows our name and calls us. The crux of the matter is that we have to accept his call. God can do all the divine prep work, but he does not make us commit. We have to choose to answer his call. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. 2 Peter 1.10 I did not force Brenda to make the toast. Brenda has free will to do as she chooses. I knew ahead of time, foreknew, that she would be there, and I planned ahead of time, predestined, to ask her to make a toast, unbeknownst to Brenda. She was unaware of the planning stages. All Brenda knows is that I call her up, to make a toast, and she does it. Brenda chooses to answer my call. God put in a lot of work preparing both my steps and the grocery woman's steps. But if she never would have accepted God's call, we would have been two ships passing in the night. Neither of us would have known we were missing the destiny or the blessing that God had for us. God knew you in the beginning. 
He put in a lot of groundwork in preparing for you. He set destiny in motion for you. He called you by name. Once you accept his calling by placing your faith in him, God chooses you to receive his gift of salvation and become his child. For many are called, invited, summoned, but few are chosen. Matthew twenty two fourteen. God chooses to give you his grace and mercy and the blood of Jesus justifies you. It puts you in right standing with God. You are no longer separated from him by sin. One day upon your death, you will be glorified and join him in heaven. The reality is that God's call and your acceptance of it changes you. As a child of God, you become set apart. You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you from all of the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure. Deuteronomy 14.2 Once you become free of sin, you are washed clean of this world and no longer belong to it. As you grow in your relationship with God, you become more and more like him and less and less from this world. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. John fifteen nineteen. There is a layer of unsettling that rests upon you. You inhabit a decaying house in a world where you no longer fit and whose definition no longer holds you. You are a masterpiece made in God's image, an irreplaceable, inestimable work of art sitting under a blanket in a dusty attic. The rough never recognizes nor appreciates the diamond within it. If God's word is truth, John 17, 17, and he says we are valuable and a masterpiece, then it is true and we must accept it as fact. The problem comes when we cannot see our own value. We don't arrive and suddenly become perfect upon salvation. We might be unable to see the masterpiece within us. After we receive salvation, the sanctification process begins, the procedure of becoming more and more like Him. We will not finish this process until we leave this life. While we remain on this earth, we continue to put on our new self, Ephesians 4.24, renew our minds, Romans 12.2, resist temptation, 1 Corinthians 10.13, and grow into our Father's likeness, Matthew 5.48. In the same way, God doesn't stop planning for us upon salvation. He is a good father who wants to guide us through our lives. He has a destiny for each of us while we are on this earth and has planned out our steps. Our father began his masterpiece before the beginning of time, but we are not completed until we finish this race. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid upon for me the crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. 2 Timothy 4, 7-8 God created for you a specific plan for your life as long as you remain on this earth. He is still refining you, shaping you into who he wants you to be. If you don't see your true value, but judge yourself according to your circumstances, you will never fulfill the destiny that God has for you. You must understand your value and who God says you are. For thus says the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Zechariah 2.8 We are God's special masterpieces. What if we were to adopt God's value for us as our identity? See ourselves through God goggles. 
We would value ourselves more, make better decisions, take better care of ourselves. God didn't just create one masterpiece, but each person is uniquely crafted, authentic, and original. What if we were to take our concept a step further to see all people through God goggles? Would this change how we treat people? Would we value other people more? Whoever sheds human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. Genesis 9, 6. Every time we cause hurt to another person, including ourselves, we are harming God's image, God's masterpiece. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. James 3, 9 and 10. Each person is special, priceless, and irreplaceable in God's eyes. Is there someone in your life that you need to value more? Is it a friend, a family member, strangers, maybe even yourself? God knew you before creation. He has been planning for you since the beginning of time. He formed you in your mother's womb. He called you by name and knows everything about you. He loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. He redeemed you, justified you, sanctified you. He created you special. He chose you. He designed you in his image. You are precious, blessed, highly favored. His workmanship, his treasure, his masterpiece, the apple of his eye, his child. It is time for you to know whose you are and accept your destiny. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for making me special for directing my paths, for planning me, for calling me by name. Help me to value myself and others as you do. I thank you for the calling and destiny you have for my life. Help me to walk your steps. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our basic devotional. If you need to catch up, you can go to our website, www.wearemercy.church, or you can find us on your favorite podcast app, under Mercy Church, Colorado. Please catch us again next week. We love you, Mercy Church, and we hope you have a wonderful week.